Hi, I'm Gary D, and you're listening to Loose Lips. Hey, everybody, I'm Icavelli. And I'm Tim Moss. And guess what? Tim, everybody's listening to Loose Lips. <laughs> Who has the loosest lips in town? <laughs> the audience. Oh, oh my God. Ike, how are you? I am good. A little uh, heat wave there this week, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, right? It's like summer all of a sudden, yeah, which it, is okay. But yeah. I'd like to ease my way in, but yeah. I'll take what we can get. Yeah, but I agree. I just saw you. I, I know. It this, was so fabulous. I can't get over it. Oh, my God. I am. Oh, my God. And guess what? More times like that are coming. Absolutely. Yeah. I went to New Jersey and stayed at his place over the weekend, and it was so wonderful. Just seeing you in person and uh, hanging out, and there was a little laughter here and there. And <laughs> it's always just nonstop with us. So unlike us religious people, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. So, Tim, as always, our show is sponsored by Uber Lube. We love Uber Lube. Mm-hmm. So, if you want, you can visit uberlube.com and find out, find out so much about this amazing product. Well, again, it, it's, um, of course, it's a lube. You mm-hmm. can use it as a lube. Or you can put it, literally, seriously, put it on your hair as a, a moisturizer. It, on, it works on your hair somehow. I don't usually use it, but yeah. But on it does the, get on, on hair. hair. <laughs> I, it's on my hair. I don't use it. <laughs> on I your hair, not necessarily on your head. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't put it on my hair, but yeah. I, I do use Uber Lube. But yeah. we will say that Uber Lube does work as a great finishing product. And many there we go. Finishing yes. product, yes. Yes. So, Tim, I have some good news. I love good news. Tell me good news. We are now heard on podbay.fm. Yay! I know! And we're also heard on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, and so many other great platforms that we're so grateful to be on. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I also wanted to make sure that people do not forget... After this episode airs on those wonderful platforms, you can catch us the next Wednesday on our YouTube channel and watch the whole entire video. Exactly. Well, I want to give a shout out to some of our new listeners. Can you believe we keep getting new listeners all over? And I love this. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We had listeners in Bologna, Italy and Toronto, Canada, and uh, just some amazing cities here in the U.S., um, that we're listening into our last show from like San Francisco and San Rafael, California. Hi, Ooh. Aiken, South Carolina. And uh, I'm Aiken for Aiken. <laughs> and Philadelphia and here in Manhattan, where listeners are just piling in every week. Yes, Manhattan, we love you. And and you know what? Aiken, I wonder if that's where Clay is from. Mm, they might have even named the town after him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll have to check that out. We should do a show in Aiken. Aiken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would hope so the perfect name for us yes so tim we are thrilled to have our special guest on today our guest tonight has been entertaining audiences all over the world for decades impersonating our favorite yes comedy legend joan rivers 
His impersonation was so incredible, Joan requested him many times to work with him, which mm -hmm. included an episode of Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And and also like the superstars that, that he's met from doing that, like Elton John, Joan Collins, and and um, on, on so many iconic television shows like Geraldo and The Today Show, and of course, The Late Show starring Joan Rivers. Um, but and also he is no stranger to Atlantic City. Nah, he's performed in and had like long running lengthy residencies at, at the name hotels as well as venues in Vegas um, and all over. So yes. please welcome the sensational one and only Gary D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all here together. Look at this. It's so good. To I know. If we got if we were any closer, we'd need Uber Lube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary, thank you. How this started with the cheese. You yeah, said, <laughs> cheese that arrived at around four o'clock today, and I've been nibbling on it while I'm watching the two of you do your intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like you, Gary, to start way before it even happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh but thank you. For, you did a lot of research. That you're very accurate on all the stuff, on all the you know places that uh -huh. I worked in, and I should I should say I we worked in myself and Joe. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, oh well, you know what? We can't wait to get into all of that, but we're going to go all the way back, Ari, and mm -hmm. we want to know where were you born and raised? I was born in uh, Lodi, New Jersey, which is about an hour and a half north oh. of here, and uh -huh. um, always wanted to be in show business. As we all did, that's why we're on camera here in these little little icons. And yeah. um, I was performing. I was in my early twenties, and I was performing in in drag shows, you know. And I always wanted to have a character that would be like a very fun character. So <laughs> I sort of thought, well, Joan Rivers would work because when I was a kid growing up, I always watched her on television, and people couldn't understand why I would sit there and watch Hollywood Squares because she was a panelist there, if you remember. Oh. God. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen to that. <laughs> and I did one show and everybody said, you found your character. And I thought, well, that's very nice. And I thought six months six I'll get out of this, right? Yes. A few months later it was Halloween. I went out and I decided I wasn't going to go out as Joan Rivers. I was going to go out as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, <laughs> so get out. Uh, yes, this, this Halloween, um, you know, like contest. And Somebody looks at me and like the first person that saw me in the club that night said, you look just like her. You look just like her. You're perfect. I was like, well, thank you. And they were like, Joan Rivers, right? Ah! <laughs> and I was trying to be Marilyn. I had the mole and everything. And I oh, love it. And my wife got the mole. And now we became Joan. And, and you I became <laughs> History just happened. I love it. And oh I think, well, all right, six months and then I'll try something else. And then six months led into a year. And then all of a sudden, that was in the early 80s. And if some of you remember in the early 80s, it was like when female impersonators were being accepted into, you know, yeah. regular society, you know, regular uh -huh. clubs and, and just, you know, everywhere, dinner theaters, casinos. So that's, and then one thing led to another. And then I got hired for a show called An Evening Out the Cage. And I moved out of New Jersey and I moved to Florida. They had sent me to California for a little bit. And, and I just kept going. I moved, wound up in Toronto and I wound up in Aruba for almost nine years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so I would, uh-huh. Go ahead. I, would, I was just going to say that I'm, 
I would not consider you a drag queen. You are a female impersonator. Thank you. Correct? Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Many of us consider ourselves character actors because we're actors mm -hmm. absolutely. We have a certain character. And I couldn't have thought of choosing, or maybe she chose me, I don't know, a character better than Joan right. Because she right. just was so much fun. And she was loved by the masses, which was even oh, better yeah. because now when you're out there performing, people are admiring you, admiring mm -hmm. you, you're doing Joan. Yes. And, and she was respected so much by her peers. Um, yeah. One of the things I always said when I'd watch her on television, I used to think to myself, I bet she's a lot of fun in person. I bet she's a really nice person. Yeah. And every time I was in her company, she was great. She was just great. What a nice lady. And I have, uh -huh. Oh, I was just going to say that I had the privilege. I had won some tickets one time to see her perform here in New York City. And um, I brought some friends with us. And I didn't know that afterwards she had asked us to come backstage to meet her. She was the most, you know, on stage, she's just harsh and she'll say anything about anybody and this and that. Oh my God, so shocking. But that was 360 when you met her off stage, right? The sweetest, most different. kindest, almost vulnerable little thing. Just the sweetest, kindest, most gracious yeah. person. She really was. Yeah, yeah, she was. And she was, I always said she was very genuine. Very genuine. Yeah. When yeah. when she treated me as if I were an equal, I would think to myself, like, this is this is gold to me. This is wonderful. Uh, well, uh, well, tell us though, Gary. Tell us because you know everything is wonderful. Um, how you you started as Joan, but when you met her, how did that even happen? The first time. Yes. The first time I ever met her, I was a friend of mine had called me, and I was working with performing with him, and he said, you know, they're doing a party at Studio Fifty Four to raise mm -hmm. money for the duplex, because the duplex was having money problems at the time. Mm -hmm. And Joan's gonna be there. And I remember it was a cold, cold, like January, February night. And I met some friends in New York and we went into Studio 54 and we were looking all over for her. And I happened to see like out of the corner of my eye, like the back door, like to leave and this big bouncer. And I said, did somebody just leave? Was that, was, is Joan Rivers up in the party? He said, she just walked out. And I went out the door and there was this big limo parked on the street and she was in the limo and there was a bodyguard standing there just ready to close the door. And I snuck under his arm and I said, oh. my eye. And she, she looked at me and she was like, would you please come in the car? Would you please come in the car? It's so cold. Come in here. And I, I, went, and I got into the limo with her and she was just like, hi, how are you? And I had a picture with me and um, Edgar, her husband, um, took the picture uh -huh. of the two of us together. And um, that was the first time. And oh. every time I saw her after that, she would always remember me, always. She just would pick me out and say, oh, I know him. Um, very kind, very kind. And then all of a sudden calls were coming in that she wanted to hire me for stuff. Hmm. I mean. How incredible. Yeah, that's very, very thoughtful. There's a lot of people that I know that are female impersonators and they will impersonate certain characters, but the people that they impersonate aren't always as receptive. Yeah, they you know they just yeah um, absolutely absolutely and she embraced and, it yeah that's what I mean but but also if you're doing if you commit to doing an impersonation of a legendary performer I mean there is so much research goes into it because oh, you have research. to kind of personify 
that person, mm -hmm. you're going to be asked questions and you will have to respond how that person would respond. I mean, it's a, there's a whole layering to it, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. And I did a lot of research and I saw her time and time again. One of the mm -hmm. best parts about seeing her was, of course, what she was doing on stage, because I would always get something different out of her performance. I was always learned something new. Right. But whenever she knew I was out there, someone would come out like one of her assistants and say, um, Joe wants to see you backstage, you know, after the show. Um, mm -hmm. Can you? They were asking me, can I? Can I go backstage I? and say hi to Jimmy? <laughs> Um, if, no. if, Sorry, if, I'm Desi. Yeah, I've I got so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love she, it. She treated all of us, like whoever I was with, beautifully. And, mm -hmm. she, you know, it, it, I could, and I would walk away from her and I'd say to whoever I was with, a friend or whatever, and I'd say, how was I, you know, was I nervous in front of her? No. And then they would say to me, she really likes you. You can tell she's really interested in what you do and she she has a, a you know a fondness for you and I, I thought that was very nice very nice well you know that that one moment that you said that you got under that bodyguards you know little arm there and now, I was now, determined right did, I was gonna say now if that moment never happened do you still think somewhere in your head that hey I'm still gonna meet Joan down the line sometime somehow oh I knew I would I knew yeah. I would and I knew that she would probably be a very nice lady but not yeah. nearly as nice as she turned out to be. And when right. people say negative things about her, it I never heard, I, I know you heard drips and drafts of in the, you know, in the gossip columns or whatever, but I never, anyone that I, any venue I ever worked that she worked, they would always say, oh, she was so sweet. She was so nice. She brought people gifts. She, she stayed around and took pictures. She did autographs. That's who mm -hmm. she was. She loved what she did. Yeah. yeah. Right. And she appreciated the fact that she had such a long run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. She was a consummate professional. She really was. Yeah. She was. And, and she knew and her audience. She knew what her audience loved. She knew what they, they wanted. Uh -huh. She knew what they expected. And she gave it to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, well, she held nothing back. And I'm not one to gossip. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just like to know, Gary, your yes. thoughts. Because she seemed to take to you very well. But in the beginning with Frank Marino, I know there was a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a, from what I heard and read, there was a big lawsuit. Um, mm -hmm. My mom said something to me many years ago about when I told her about this impersonation thing. She said, always remember one thing. She's the star and you're the impersonator. And if you keep that in your mind that she's the star and when you're around her, you respect the fact that she's the star. She's the original. I don't yeah. know if you'll ever have a problem. And I think that's why it works so well. Good advice. Yeah. And that's why the chemistry was always good whenever I worked with her. Um, oh. funny. She was always, and she was always concerned about when we, anybody working with her, did you eat? Did you have something to eat? Oh. You know, are you comfortable? Are they putting you up in a nice hotel? All of those oh. questions always came out. Nice. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. That's amazing, especially when you have this icon that you look up to and they turn out mm -hmm. to be so nice. When they don't, like when I met Roseanne. <gasps> ah! Yeah. Ah. Oh, what a uh, see you next Tuesday. Ah. <laughs> Did you but say I, that? <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond that cover. 
I have to, I just have to you programs I'm, laying around the house. Oh, oh, please hold them up. Hold them up. Sure. And please tell us what this was Let's from. Is it yeah. from? This is Divas in a Man's World. This was the tour that we, we've done and we're going to do in the future. I see Cher and Dolly and Joan and who Diane is that in the Diana. Okay. Fabulous. Love and it. This is when uh, the Divas in a Man's World, when myself and when I'm, I'm especially focusing on Cher because it's her birthday today. Myself yes. and Steven Andrade. We do the two parts. Steven is amazing. Yes, absolutely. We do all different versions of it. I would love to hear about maybe one time when working with Joan, like just pick a pick a time and just tell us what that was like. The Celebrity Apprentice. That was the most interesting. Okay, that was Uh the most. uh, I mean, just thrilling because I didn't know what was going on. Now I didn't know I was going to do that show until the morning of the taping. And I remember it was Halloween. It was the day after Halloween, and I was it was Saturday morning, and the phone rang around nine thirty in the morning. It was her assistant calling, saying, "You know, Joan wants you to do uh, something on the Celebrity Apprentice. She's going to have a red carpet. She wants you to host the red carpet." I said, "Fine." Oh, I said, well, today. She said, "Today at four o'clock we take." What? <laughs> and I remember I had be to be there. Be, yeah, be like be there at FIT where we're taping. Um, Wow. I jumped up out of bed, took a shower, and started taking all the stuff out of the suitcase from the night before, throwing it in the washing machine, drying it, all this kind of stuff, everything fresh. Got into the city, and I remember um, walking into this big, big room, and it had everything set up for their parties. And she had one party in one room, and Annie Duke, her opponent, had one in the other room. Ugh. And Ugh. yeah. A poker player. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember she caught a glimpse of me walking by with my suitcases and everything. And she was across the room and she, she ran right up like, and she gave me a hug. She said, thank you so much for doing this. And I was like, well, you're welcome. I, you know, and this person said, I remember who it was. Go down here and I'll show you where the dressing room. So I said, fine. Now, it was if you know it about The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice, the last task that you have to do is throw your best party. So there were like seven or eight episodes taped before this episode. Mm-hmm. So all of this catfighting was going on. And unbeknownst to me, mm-hmm. I show up and Annie Duke is looking at me, giving me dirty looks <laughs> and telling her, don't talk to Joan on the red carpet. Talk to Dennis Rodman, who was on her red carpet. Go in <laughs> this room. Don't go in Joan's room. And I'm thinking, like, why, did, why, why are these two women not getting along? <laughs> but when you saw the season, you knew what was going on. Mm. It was. It was good. I mean, Joan was bound and determined to win, um, and that was that. She just she was there for a reason, and she she put up a great fight. And she was well in her seventies, and she was yep. competing, yep. you know, against a woman who was probably forty or forty two, and she won. Um, mm-hmm. It was an interesting crowd to meet that day. There were so many, so many celebrities, and. Um, she was very appreciative of it. Very appreciative. I know that yeah. the, the clip that we were talking about last night, Joan Rivers is a man where I filmed that little commercial for the red carpet. That was filmed in this house. And we're going to show that clip right now.
did you cut yourself shaving? Ah, you should have seen my legs. It's a beautiful gown with the jock strap sewn on the inside. And yeah, you know, you, you've got to hurry. We're so late, I'm gonna have to change in the car. Hurry, hurry. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, Mom, someday people are gonna catch on. Maybe, but for now, it's just our little secret. Come on. By the way, I flushed this time. Oh my God, that video is so <laughs> incredible. Oh, that must have been so exciting. How did that even come about that she asked you to be a part of that video? I got a call from an agent on the West Coast, Dan Gore, and he said that um, the TV Guide channel wanted to do a fun thing for the opening of the red carpet for the Emmy Awards, and they wanted to do like a little, like kind of commercial, a lead in saying, like, pretending that Joan Rivers is a man. So they want somebody to come oh out with eyes closed and um, put on their makeup and then have have a little um, dialogue uh, dialogue with Melissa and then change and then Joan will come out. And when he told me it was going to be filmed in Melissa's house, I mean, a television studio was one thing. Going into someone's home, I was welcomed so beautifully. They were so nice, so friendly. Um, it was like, we have interviews to do, TV Guide is here, this magazine's here, we have, you know, our hair to do, and this and that and the other thing. Do, you know, if you want to go clean up, you want to go eat, you know, and Joe made sure before I left that I came into the kitchen and she was sitting there and they were, had ordered pizza and we had some pizza together. Oh, and she fun. said, thank you so much for doing this for us. And But I do remember there was a few moments there that they were filming you know, into the uh, dressing table and the mirror and the camera was behind me. So the camera was like, say, over my right shoulder. Over my left shoulder in the doorway coming into, that was a guest bedroom, I could feel this presence of like somebody standing there like five feet away. I, I have this feeling of like somebody staring, <laughs> staring me down, but I couldn't see through the mirror. And I happened to do this. And Joan is standing in the doorway watching me put my makeup on with her arms. Oh. I said, oh. she said, hello. Hello. <laughs> I wonder if that was like an out-of-body experience. Oh, for her watching herself You know, I couldn't see her. I was looking this, like, this way. And there she was over my shoulder. I don't know how long she was standing there for, but she was watching me put the makeup on. That was, that was fun. That was I have to say, Gary, if that was me and Joan was behind me and I'm putting the makeup on, I would have looked like Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so nervous. I was, but I would always say to myself, um, just be respectful, be polite, be professional, mm -hmm. and yeah. don't let her see your knees shake when she's talking to because my knees would be shaking like this. And I, and I think she got it. Because I think that yeah. for all the struggles she had early on, I'm mm -hmm. sure there were a lot of her um, idols that she spoke to that she didn't feel as though she yeah. was worthy of. And her knees probably shook a lot. Oh, sure. I, I, yeah. yeah. Actually, so, I, I just watched uh, on Me TV, they have, they've started showing the Ed Sullivan re yeah. reruns. And I saw she was on one on the episode that I watched the other night. Uh, yes, just, was, you know, yes I saw that. Girl. I saw uh -huh. she was in like a magenta tone dress and pearl. I saw that. 
I oh, remember yeah. seeing her years ago on those early performances. She was to be on like mm-hmm. Mark Griffin, Mike Douglas. Yeah, right. Yeah, she was, Good. and she was always, I don't know, she just was always very funny. It took mm-hmm. her a long time though to get to the level that she had become where she really just right. let loose and she said whatever was on her mind and she got away with it. Yeah, yeah well, she was, yeah, because like on the Ed Sullivan show, she was very filtered. She, you could yeah. tell she was, yeah, very careful and tiptoeing. But boy, she got to a point, like with Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, oh she would unleash on Elizabeth oh, yeah. Taylor. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And, right. and, and that's when I think she really started, she kind of found her niche where, yeah. where she could come out and say anything. And anything, the, more, anything. the and filthier, she, the better. That's yes. right. That's right. And she <laughs> held it in for a long time. I, <laughs> little by little, like, Every six months, she'd get a little more edgier and a little yeah. more edgier. And I had those experiences in impersonating her. Like, I remember years back going to Toronto to work. And I remember being um, advised, you know, told, don't, don't say this, don't say that. Canadians mm-hmm. are more conservative than Americans. You're going to offend people. Don't make fun of this one. This one's very, very honored in this. You know, and every night I would go out and do a little more, like one X, one joke uh-huh. here, two jokes there sneak that joke in and it was the same in england i remember when we had gone to london to work they you know be careful be very careful about what you say especially about don't talk about the royals Mm -hmm. about the royals in england you know no no um but i remember every night there too i would just get a little more you know one joke on this one and they loved it they absolutely loved it the british have a great sense of humor they're known for that uh huh. Yeah. The time when I when I met her, that was one of the questions I had because she kept saying how we were such a good audience that night. They put me right down front and center, and I've got a loud laugh. And I was kind, I guess, maybe dictating because some of those harsh, unexpected things. I was rolling, and I yeah. bring the rest of the audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. With oh yeah. But but she kept commenting, and so I said, you know, but you've performed all around the world. I said for royalty and. All of that, and she goes, "Oh hell no!" She goes, "You gotta, you gotta be very careful what you say. They've got oh, a whole yeah. list of things oh, that yeah. you can't talk about." And yeah, yeah. I so remember she- at, at her memorial service when Howard Stern was up there talking, I, just to see Howard Stern tear up was, mm-hmm. you know, very. He was got very emotional, but he did say that his friend Joan Rivers, um, he she was the only celebrity he knew that. He, she would be on her on his radio show on a Tuesday talking about how dry her vagina was, and the next day she'd have a tea with the Queen of England. I mean, she yes. <laughs> love it. And, and what an honor that you were invited to the memorial. I mean, yeah. that that speaks volumes. Something I'll never forget. Something I will yeah. never forget, and something I totally unexpected. And many people said, "What do you mean you're you're not going?" I said, "That's going to be private. They're going to have to get an invite." I'm not going to go like stand there in the middle of it's going to be a media circus. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was considering it then, you know, like the day, like maybe the day before, maybe I will go in and just watch what's going on. And then all of a sudden I checked my emails and there was an invite and I said, right. you know, for one person, uh-huh. um, just, I was just honored by that. Just honored. And it was Quite a beautiful, beautiful service. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Big, big displays of flowers. And maybe like 3,000 people were there. Wow. Um, 
Judge Judy, everybody from The View, um, Donald Trump was there, um, just Cindy Adams, Deborah Norville, and I remember arriving there and I was the second person online. There was like one person in front of me and you had to go, like a, you had to go across the street. You weren't allowed on that side of the street where the temple was unless you had an invite in your hand and they would check your invitation. And um, the people in front of me were her family, were her, it was her nephew. Because when he said his last name, I said, I'm sorry about the loss of your aunt. He looked at me and I said, I followed her career for a long time. I recognized your name when you said it. So they went right up front. And I said, well, I'm not going to go all the way up front. I mean, those are her, you know, intimate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. a, few, a few rows back. But I just, you know, I, when I walked out, um, Kathy Griffin was standing in front of me. Um, Osborne, Ke Kelly Osborne was there. Mm -hmm. She was standing in front of me walking out at the same time. Kelly Osborne was just, she was devastated. She was just, mm -hmm. you could just tell, like, like she said, like I lost my grand. Mm -hmm. um, Rosie O'Donnell, you know, she was, but it was, it was done beautifully. Done beautifully. Yeah. What's your favorite Joan Rivers line? Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you, uh, oh, mine, I you of them. My, mine is the Elizabeth Taylor jokes. Yeah. You know? She 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 wore yellow out one day, and twenty kids tried to board her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my, shot out. Yeah, I think my favorite <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> yeah. she was always, she was always talking about how how heavy or how fat Elizabeth Taylor was, and she goes, she'll stand in front of a microwave wave oven, going, "Hurry, hurry!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. My very favorite Joan line, and not and not too many people will remember this, and it was on Carson, and she came out as a guest, and Johnny, um, Gene Harris, the Scars Still Diet, remember that whole yes. example? Of, he, he wrote the Scars Still Diet book, and, and he was involved with her, and she, she got convicted of murder, and she went to jail, and she'd just gotten convicted, and Joan came out, and Johnny said, Joan, you look so great. I mean, you look so thin. Are you on a diet? He said, she said, yeah. He said, well, which diet is that? She said, the scars still die. Shoot your doctor and live on bread and water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How clever! And you know the Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, the, the Elizabeth Taylor jokes and the Queen of England jokes. Those jokes she used quite often. I mean, they. Oh yeah. But that one was to me. I mean, that was clever. That was yeah, very yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so so many of those. One time. She's the only woman that a peeping Tom would pull down the blinds. Yeah. <laughs> I was coming out of the shower. Stevie Wonder looked in and said, I can't look. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. But well, now I'm okay. But that's what made her funny because she picked on herself a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Self-deprecating. Self yeah. Self and now, would, but, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because we, we know like um, how much Joan has had influenced you, but did you have any other influences? Like when uh, you were growing up and getting into entertainment? And Oh, yes. Joan was, the, to me, the, one of the strongest. I, of mm -hmm. course, like, I, who's your favorite, Barbara? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Not you, Tim. Oh, God, yes. 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 You did oh, this? Yeah. What's yeah. that? 
Oh yes, Barbara. Barbara. A little bit Judy too. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course, we all love Judy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I iconic. And mm -hmm. and you look at these women that we, you know, people um follow all the time. And first of all, Judy Garland, from what I was told, was like four foot eleven. Joan Rivers was, I think, only just about five one. They were yeah. tiny, tiny people. And they had, you know, huge personalities. Yep. How about Phyllis Diller? Oh. Oh, I was she was my, oh, wait a minute. I was teasing my hair and it bit me back. Ha, ha, ha. You have to have that. I'm you know, that I bought at home because it was just laying there in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to ask you, Gary, too, because not only Joan, I, I'm quite sure you've impersonated other legends as well. Yes. Um, but Phyllis, she, when we were working in Miami years ago, we were doing uh, an evening at Lacage, and she was down there taping something for um, Hollywood Squares. They were doing it from the Diplomat Hotel, and she came in to see the show. And I'm just going to tell you this. I don't know. The experience always seems when you have a celebrity in the audience. I think mm -hmm. the audience is so intimidated. They're too busy looking at the celebrity instead of paying yeah. attention to you. And yes. I remember standing up there and doing joke after joke, and they were just like, you know, looking at me. And the only laugh I heard in the whole showroom was Phyllis's. That ah, ah. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, when you're a comedian and you know you're dying and you're, yeah. you're just not getting anything, your timing is, it's it's like a shock. You're waiting yeah. for yeah. that, you know, reaction. Um, yeah. She came backstage to talk to us afterwards. And I remember it was so much fun that she said to us, we were all in costume, and she said, I want everybody to line up. And she lines us up like soldiers. And she went down the line, um, Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick and I know each other since 1960. And, oh. and the way you played her, and that, and she gave her, and she said, she said to me, you step off this way, because I'm saving you for last. I'm like, oh. here it goes. <laughs> and I remember I remember what she said to me. She said, how many times I played this room? She said, one time I, they booked me here in the same showroom. And it was for like five or six nights. She said, and every night I went out there, she said, I bombed. She said, I was just, they just wouldn't respond to me. Nothing. Um, she said, um, I, I, I know what you were going through up there. And I said, and I heard you laugh. You know, I, I heard that that famous Phyllis Diller laugh, and she was great. And you turn the clock ahead, I'm back, finished that gig, and then I moved up to Toronto to do the same show, an evening at Lacoste, and she was appearing there in a hotel, and we all went to see her. She invited all of us back, she invited all of us back to her hotel room after the show. And I remember walking in, and I remember she said, to, she looked at us, she said, I have like five or six people from the press coming to talk to me. And I don't even, I have a bar, but I don't have a bartender. I said, Phyllis, I'll be your bartender. She said, I said, of course I will. So I mixed some drinks and then we were talking about the show and she, and I said, I so enjoy what you, what you do. And I've watched you for many, many years. And I would like to put, you know, an impersonation of you in the show. And I tell you, when she said this to me, I almost fell off the couch. She said, if you do me as well as you do, Joan, she said, go right ahead and do it. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Wow. How incredible is that? That was, that was nice. From Phyllis that, Diller, that, is, that was yeah. nice. Absolutely. 
But that's the thing, Gary. Those those celebrities back in the day, they were there's nothing like them. They you can impersonate them. We don't have that today. Who do you impersonate? Yeah. Ariana Grande, the ponytail. That's all you could think of. <laughs> Look what I could do. Do you know you're talking about a ponytail? Do you know that when when we all like the people that I started with in an evening at La Cage in the eighties? Madonna was just coming on to the scene. You know, the producers were apprehensive. It took them about two years to put a Madonna in the show. She was selling like millions and millions of records all over the world. And they were saying, I don't know. I don't know if the people, you know, from the suburbs are going to go for that stuff. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I was just saying, they're the ones buying her album. It was only until I But they were just so nervous about it it was only mm-hmm. i think until she did her um the blonde ambition with the the ponytail that they said okay well, let's put a madonna in the show and then all yeah. of a sudden all the shows had a madonna right yeah when, yep. usually when you go to see one of those like casino style um reviews it's usually a share a joan eliza a diana ross a whitney mm-hmm. you know all of those icons but madonna they were nervous about they were just nervous yeah. that well, she was so controversial. Oh, yeah. But people loved her for it. And yeah. I, I wonder if, if this generation, like the 20-somethings, if you said Madonna, if they would... I'm sh- yeah. yeah, more so Lady Gaga, I'm sure. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I can't tolerate that woman. Oh, she's I love her. She's not a Gaga fan. I think, she's, I think she's great at what she does. She's a beautiful mm-hmm. voice. And I do know a story that someone told me out in the Midwest, like in maybe Kentucky, she was doing a tour years back and she heard that somebody was doing her in drag at one of the bars. She finished her concert and they snuck her in backstage. This is, and I think mm-hmm. find it on YouTube and she walked out on stage and this person's up there, this guy's in drag, you know, ah. her, and he turned around and she was standing there. I think you can Google that. Come on. That's yeah. great. She That's surprised great. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, well, luckily she, she probably tucked then too. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about Barbara. Okay, yes, I do. I do respect Barbara Streisand. That's a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was ever that fond of being impersonated by men. I, I don't yeah. think. Sure, but many say she was not that great about it. I think she liked. Well, he was perfection, Jim Bailey. Him, I think she liked, but yeah. she was very funny about it, from what I hear. Like, you know, but yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of times, too, with the Barbara Streisand impersonations, it wasn't so much they were impersonated. They were kind of ridiculing her a little bit. You know, yes, you're, right. you're right. You're right. Know, I agree. Yeah. So I agree. I, sometimes making, I'd be like, oh, characters. God. Like, yeah, they were but making it she, a character. I think it was 94 when she first returned to the stage and did live shows again. I first one to get a ticket trust me right yeah and um it was pride week here in new york and she had made this joke about about how she had you know put on some sunglasses and was walking around you know how festive new york was during pride week and she was walking through the streets of the village and she says this woman leans over to her husband and she goes that's the sixth barbara streisand impersonator i've seen and by far the worst one yet (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that line that's great <laughs> yeah, so, she, I, I mean, they, they, these these people know. These people know that people are impersonating mm-hmm. them in drag. 
And I remember years back when, when I, I first started, character impersonation had just come into play. Many of the people that I met um, that were doing it before that, like the early 80s, they were just doing like their own thing. And then character impersonation, lookalikes. I know that a lot of shows wouldn't hire you unless you can impersonate one or two famous right. women. Um, and now all of a sudden, I, what I see on Drag Race is that they're, for the most part, they're just their own personality. Some of them do characters, but for the most part, they're just, you know, in drag and mm -hmm. they do their own thing, which is great. I do give them a lot, a lot of them credit because a lot of them are very talented. They do hair, they do uh, their makeup beautifully, they, they mm -hmm. sew their own clothing, they sing. A lot of them sing live, which is good. It's very good. So yeah, I've seen yeah, different yeah. changes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, um, Chad Michaels, who won the All-Stars, I don't know how many years ago, what, eight, ten years ago, I worked with him many years ago in Lacage in Vegas mm -hmm. and in London. And he was very young and just starting out. But you could just tell that he was really going to do something with his career. And he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you just <laughs> like with any celebrity that you see that they have that star power, you know instantly. Yeah, absolutely. Tim. There is so much more to talk about with Gary D. Right, right. Oh, and we've got more. We got the tea. He's going to be spilling tea and telling more stories. And we're going to be playing games. So be sure to come back for part two next week. Yes. Of our interview with the fabulous Gary D. Yes.